John chapter 9 is the story of a man who was born blind. So first, the disciples ask Jesus, who sinned, his parents or him? And this assumption makes perfect sense to them because of what they think they know. For example, they think they know, okay, everything has a cause. This has a cause. What's the cause? We know God is just, and we know that a just God would punish sin and reward righteousness. This man is clearly being punished. Therefore, the only question is who sinned, this man or his parents? There's a a popular conclusion similarly. If a good, loving God existed who had the power to stop this kind of suffering, he would. Therefore, the horrific suffering to decent, undeserving people that is experienced all over the planet is evidence that there is no good, all-powerful God. Anyway, but back to the disciples. These are God-fearing Jewish people, and they would not possibly put the wrong on God's side. So it must be on the human end. Every one of their logical steps about what they know seems coherent in and of itself. And yet Jesus says, you're wrong. No, it wasn't the parents and it wasn't him. It ain't about that. It's about God being glorified. And then he just goes ahead and heals the man. My thought is, man, I wonder how many wrong answers we give when all we have is answers instead of having God's power. If you think about Jesus's interactions with people in conflict, he he almost always, he consistently rejects their categories, the way they're framing the question. They know how to find someone to blame. They know how to explain it. He knows God. Our job as theologians is to explain how a good God is consistent with the world we find around us. And he's like, no, you need to learn how to cooperate with the power of God to set the world right. This phrase, we know, comes up repeatedly later in the interaction between the religious leaders and the healed man. They say, we know that Jesus is a sinner. How do you guys know that? Well, we know a Sabbath breaker is a sinner, they might say. And we know that Jesus is a Sabbath breaker. Therefore, we know that Jesus is a sinner. And if you know that Jesus is a sinner, well, then you're going to have to find alternative explanations of his miracles, which were known by so many people. So what they come up with as an alternative explanation of his miracles is, well, he's in cahoots with the devils, right? Of course, the truth is Jesus isn't a Sabbath breaker. He explains that the Sabbath isn't for the benefit of God as much as it is for the benefit of humans. And he explains that God actually desires mercy more than sacrifice. And he explains the spirit of the command. Jesus actually gives rest to the afflicted on the day of rest. But see, they they can't see that because of what they know already. What they think they know keeps them from learning what they need to know. And the man who was born blind, he knows things too. Their questioning of him gets really hostile. And finally, he says, listen, we know that God doesn't honor the prayers of the wicked. Rather, he listens to the person who does his will. How could someone do this if God weren't with him? That's actually very reasonable. And since they have no good answer to that, they do what most people do when they have no argument. They attack you. You were born a total sinner and you're trying to lecture us. And there we are again. 
you were born a total sinner. We know that's fact. But they're wrong about that fact. In The Sound of Music, there's a song called Something Good, and uh, Julie Andrews' character Maria is in love, and she's feeling so happy, and this is what she sings. She says, Nothing comes from nothing, nothing ever could, so somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. You hear that? Nothing comes from nothing, nothing ever could, so somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. This is the same worldview of the disciples and the Pharisees. They take for granted. They know it. And that knowledge is keeping them from correctly interpreting that this man's tragic difficulties weren't his fault. It wasn't karma. Listen, if you really did think it was his fault, then if you heal him, you're keeping him from morally developing and taking responsibility. It would be wrong to have mercy on him. And Jesus jumps in and says, nope, this exists as an opportunity to reveal the goodness of God. This chapter ends with Jesus informing the healed man. By the way, do you know who who healed you? Do you know who he is? No, my Lord. Okay, I am he. I'm the Messiah. And the guy worships. See, Jesus rewards acknowledging what he doesn't know and what he needs to learn by giving him what he needs to know. Then Jesus turns around and says that these religious leaders are actually guilty of sin because being blind, they claim they can see. It's unsettling to us. It feels better to be certain, but we lose the humble posture of a learner. I know I'm on this kick where I'm interested in trying to maintain a posture of willingness to adjust my beliefs when presented with better evidence. I'm convinced that Jesus's orientation toward truth is that the truth will make us free. So ideology, that is just believing things uncritically in an unquestioned way, is actually not helpful. Again, what you think you know can keep you from learning what you need to know.